0: This is UKFI Pod. Welcome, y'all. As the first UK-specific FI podcast, UKFI Pod aims to bring you stories and introduce you to characters in the UK FI space. Hi, everybody. I'm welcoming today on this very rainy day, Leon from Make Save Invest Money. Hi, Leon.
1: Hi. How are you doing?
0: cold and wet but you know (laughs) what else do you expect in the uk in august
1: yeah i know i know summer's finally arrived hasn't
0: it yeah we've been a bit out of joints is that
1: the word yeah i know yeah not so sure about the previous um hot weather that we've been having
0: (laughs) but it's lovely to speak to you it's a great day to be inside on this rainy day i hope you'll agree
1: Yes, I do agree. Thanks thanks for having me on the podcast as well.
0: Great. I want to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself to people that are interested in the podcast and FI. What, How would you introduce yourself in say about a minute or so?
1: Okay, so my name is Leon McLean and I'm a personal finance blogger. As you mentioned, I run a personal finance blog called makesaveinvestmoney.com and i I started it in January 2018 because I've recently developed a passion for for personal finance uh, and the idea is I want to help others um, with their personal finances as well. Um, as part of my story I paid off £23,000 of debt in 12 months and um, I wanted to share my story with other people and, and that was one of the reasons why I created the blog.
0: Yeah, thanks. That's really interesting. Can you share your demographics with us, age, relationship, family, where you're based, etc.
1: Yes, I can. So in terms of age, I'm 32, so I'm just right at the edge of being a, a millennial. I can still claim claim that. Okay. Um,
0: <laughs> so are you single, married, a relationship?
1: Yes, yeah, so... I'm married. I've I've been married for almost two years now. Oh, um nice. Thank you. The anniversary's coming up soon. <laughs> so i am already thinking of presents and, and that sort of thing. Um and I'm based in Hertfordshire, so just outside of the UK, in a just city called sorry, just <laughs> outside of London. <laughs> in a in a city called St Albans. Oh,
0: that's lovely. So do you yeah. like living
1: there? Oh, very nice part of the world. Yeah, I do like living it. I grew up in London, in Northwest London, Mm -hmm. um, but I do prefer living um, outside of London now. Um, Plenty more trees and fields, um, and it's a nice place to go for a run as well. Um, Mm -hmm. It's it's less populated, so yeah, really enjoy it. Ah,
0: Sounds good. And as we're a personal finance FI podcast, can we ask just a few details about money and context? Just obviously a general. ...ballpark of what we're talking income now. I know you mentioned numbers and debt and history and what sort of line of work you're in, etc. Are you willing to share anything in those?
1: Okay, um, I will share some information. In terms of income, I won't go into full details, but I earn above the national average, so does my wife, so we're we're doing pretty well. Um, I work in marketing and I have done for the past seven years, so I work in product marketing uh, in a European world, European role now as well. Um, and I've done that, as I mentioned, for seven years for two blue chip companies. Um, trying to remember the other part. Yeah,
0: so it was your historical situation. You mentioned debt and a bit of yeah. turnaround or something.
1: Yeah, so as, do you want me to go into the full story yeah, now?
0: I thought, yeah, So it's like a good idea.
1: Okay, so I'll go into the story now. Um, well, I guess going back, it started at the age of 18, um, signed up for a a credit card and I got it. Um, and, and that was because I thought at the time that credit card was almost a bit of like a, a, a bit of a status symbol. I had no clue about money whatsoever, and I thought to myself, "Oh, if I've got a, if I can get a credit card, that must mean that's that's something positive." Um, and then it all started going downhill from there. Really, <laughs> okay. um, uh, it was it was only a small limit, 300 pounds, so nothing huge. And I would use it to pay for uh, expenses um, like fuel and stuff like that. But it got to the point where I wasn't paying it off each month, so I ended up paying interest. Which of course isn't isn't good, um, and in terms of money, as you know, we don't really get taught how to handle money and budget and that sort of thing mm-hmm. um, from from school. So you learn from people around you, and uh, I guess what you pick up on TV. So um, it, it kind of built up from there. Um, so. I ended up with more credit cards and with with bigger limits so then uh, I went to university and at the time I was working while I was at university uh, getting paid quite well um, and one of my regrets is I probably could have gone to university and not taken a student loan tuition fee loan or maintenance loan if I if I just cut back on my spending but I wanted to uh, enjoy the good life so I was working plus I had the maintenance loans keep me going um and I had quite a quite a good student life it wasn't it wasn't as frugal as um as most people think I wasn't eating beans on toast and pot noodles that that often but you
0: enjoyed
1: <laughs> uh, I had a good time but I probably would have done it differently <laughs> yeah so um so <clears throat> I, I had like for example, I had three overdrafts at one point. Um, they were interest-free overdrafts, but I was pretty much getting everything that the banks would throw at me. And again, in my mind, I thought that was—I thought that was good. I—I um, I, I had no idea that it was bad in, in a way. Um, so by the time I'd finished university, I had eighteen thousand pounds in student loan debt, um, which was nine thousand pounds of tuition fee loans, three thousand pounds per year. Because that's what it was at the time, and then the same amount for the the maintenance loan, um, and I guess that carried on for a while. Um, one, I guess, minor crisis point where where I realised things weren't going so well is when we bought our new house. Um, I bought our new house with my my then girlfriend. Um, we tried to get um, zero zero percent um APR credit on a on a sofa and some chairs and some furniture Mm -hmm. and we got rejected it was only it was only 1500 pounds but we got rejected Mm -hmm. and I, I didn't really understand at the time but I think it possibly could have been because of other credit cards that we may have had and also because we had relatively low income at the time so um I guess that that made me think a little bit uh, didn't really change my behaviour <laughs> that much, um, but it made it made me stop and think. Certainly, um, so then moving forward, I got to the point where I got started to get more into personal finance. I was thinking this can't be the the way to handle money. There, there's got to be a better way than than uh, what I'm doing at the moment. So I started reading um, personal finance books and. I started listening to a podcast by a guy called Dave Ramsey. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's quite a polarizing guy, but I find his show quite entertaining and he's based in America and uh, that got me into personal finance. He's pretty good at getting people out of debt and there was quite a bit that I learned from him in terms of uh, getting out of debt and paying cash. So we were saving up for our wedding and we decided that we didn't want to get a loan and we didn't want to... Uh, use any form of debt to pay for our wedding so and it was a destination wedding so we saved up quite a bit of money over about a two-year period and our wedding was actually in Orlando Florida nice yeah which which was really nice we had an amazing day Uh, and our honeymoon was in Hawaii as well which was good and we were there for two weeks so as you can imagine it wasn't cheap but we paid cash for that there was no debt whatsoever but prior to us uh, getting married I still had this niggling feeling that I wanted to pay off my debt because I still had student loan debt of £18,000, uh, which I was basically just servicing at the time. And I also had uh, £5,000 on a credit card. So we had saved for the wedding really early. So we had the, the money saved up. And then I decided I didn't want to go into the marriage with this huge amount of debt. I wanted to pay it off as soon as possible. And basically, over a 12-month period, I paid it off. And what I did is I had... I could spare £1,500 a month to pay it off, but that meant it would take me about 16 months to pay off £23,000. So I started thinking about what I could do, what could I sell, uh, how could I make some more money, and in the end, I decided to do a pizza delivery job. Oh. So yeah, so I applied for Pizza Hut, Domino's, and Papa John's. Um, Papa John's, I had no response. Even up until now, they never responded to me pizza was the first to come back to me so I ended up working for them and what's funny is about six months later Domino's came back to me sent me a letter and said sorry you're not you're you're not the right you're not of the right caliber for the type (laughs) of people who employ (laughs) (laughs) which I found funny but wasn't sure how how to take yeah
0: so it sounds like you were working a lot of hours in with two jobs
1: yeah so I was working basically 40 hours of my main job. Mm -hmm. But then I was doing 20 to 25 hours um, delivering pizzas with this other job. And that that was evenings and weekends. Uh, The days varied um, according to when they needed people to work. But I was basically able to add an additional £500 per month to the amount that I had. So that gave me £2,000. And... And then 2,000 pounds per month over 12 months gave me tw- uh, 24,000 pounds. So I was able to pay off the 23,000 pounds in debt. It sounds relatively easy, or, but it was very difficult. During the summer, it was really hot. In the winter, as you can imagine, it was really cold. I was delivering up to 60, 60 pizzas per week as well. So the, mm-hmm. during that time, it was over 2,500 um, deliveries that I'd made and it was and it was tiring like you say i was working a lot of hours so 60 plus hours a week week on week
0: for how long did you keep tw- that up for two
1: jobs so i so i did that for 12 months wow. in the end yeah week on week for 12 months and then the actual time the only time that i actually took a break was for our wedding and honeymoon which was a couple of weeks in total but that was pretty much it yeah so it was it was tough as you can imagine i was tired but what kept me going was the thought that i would be debt free afterwards and it was temporary I wouldn't have to do it again if I didn't want to <clears throat> yeah,
0: and you were prepared to do it for that
1: exactly I, I was prepared to do it for that because it was only a short period of time and I'd be debt-free so now I have no consumer debt I don't even own a credit card as well so I pay cash or use debit card
0: uh-huh. yeah So a nice question on the student loans was there a particular reason you chose to pay them off early
1: yes because when I when I calculated it, I know there are some people that say, "Oh, after 30 years it will get cleared anyway, so I pay it off." Yeah. But with the salary I was earning, I would end up paying it off within the 30 years. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. I'm on the I'm I'm on the old uh, plan one where it's nine percent above fifteen thousand pounds, so it would get paid off, but I'd end up paying more because of the interest that accrues on top of it. I would end up paying uh well, in excess of the eighteen thousand yeah. pounds. Um, so so that was one of the reasons I just wanted it paid off, and I hated looking at my payslip each month and seeing a deduction from the student loans company.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because I think there's lots of ways of approaching, especially those old type student loans. I like think most people say you probably shouldn't pay them off. You're not keeping your weight at night, and you're not concerned about the debt.
1: Yeah, some people do say that. But for me, the other thing is I had the education. I've got the benefit of the education. Um, I did a a bachelor's degree in business management, and that's what the student loan paid for. I also actually um, paid for um, to do a master's in marketing as well, but I I paid cash for that. In the end, I, um, I sold the car that was driving at the time to pay for that. But, yeah, I understand that some people say not to pay it off, but I think that only works if you're on a, a relatively low income, yeah, I because, obvi- because obviously the more you earn is the more they deduct from your salary, and it'll, en- it'll eventually pay off within the 30 years. I'm not sure what the cutoff is in terms of pay. I'd have to look into it, but you would certainly pay it off if you were earning above uh, national average income.
0: Yeah, I know I eventually, mine was eventually paid off, but there was a good few years the interest rate was at zero and then I was like, well, in this case, <laughs> well, we'll not be paying those loans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that was, I guess that must have been around 2007,
0: 2008.
1: Yeah. Or just after.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I think inflation's now caught up, as you say.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's, it, yeah, and I, I can't remember what it was, but I think it's 1.5% plus inflation or something. Yeah. Okay.
0: But either way, it sounds like you've made great progress, and obviously, you're now debt free. What's your next money goal?
1: Our next money goal is to buy a house, ah. so to to buy a property. Well, well, actually, actually, I need to buy a new car. Uh, I'm driving. I'm, I'm driving an old car at the moment. So that's that's what I want to do by the end of the year. But then, at uh, some point next year, we would buy another house. Yeah. And, and of course, we'll be paying cash for my car and um, not cash for the house, unfortunately.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> One day. And but um, some, but we'll be, but be saving up the deposit. Far
0: north, but maybe not in Hertfordshire.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think if we were buying a house up north, that would be no problem. <laughs> yeah, but, but, yeah, not down south. <laughs> yeah. so,
0: that's yeah. good, so are you interested in financial independence? or
1: I am in... Interested in financial independence. Um, yeah, very interested in. And for me, that's that's where I want to get to. Um, uh, <clears throat> for us, it, it's, it's probably around 15 years from, from today, but that's where we want to get to the point where our passive income is equal to or greater than our current active income or our working income. I guess at that point we can decide whether we want to retire early or, or choose optional retirement because uh, I think if I'm doing something at the point in time that I'm still passionate about I'd probably continue but it, it just ease, it just makes life a bit more um, less stressful. Yeah, yeah.
0: That definitely makes sense, so do you, how would you describe FI to somebody that wasn't knowledgeable or didn't read a lot of personal finance material?
1: Yeah, so as I just mentioned there, for me, it's it's having the option of, of not being able to work if you don't want to or retire early, but still make a, enough income to cover your expenses. And, and that would need to come from passive income, so rental property, uh, mutual funds, index funds or shares, dividend shares. Uh, and the or even a small business of some sort um uh each of those i'm interested in and we'll invest in at some point in the future i i do invest in in shares and and funds at the moment but at some point we'll also have rental property and i'd like to start a small business as well
0: oh you're going for all three yeah.
1: go for all three yeah oh, that sounds good <laughs> one at a time though one at a time (laughs) what
0: sort of things do you invest in at the moment and why
1: so i invest in i I invest in index funds yeah um and that's because it just it's a low cost way to invest um you get a decent return and it just does what the market does so by putting your money in index trackers it does exactly what the market does um and you get a decent return I also look at actively manage mutual funds as well. And I I know some people are against these because of the fees that you charge. But there are one or two gems out there that actually achieve greater than the the market average. Um, So I have some money invested in some of those as well. And then I also buy shares as well because... I like the excitement of shares, and I plan to hold them for a while as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe I've got an eye for picking shares, as does everyone else. Everyone else thinks thinks they're a Warren Buffett, but the shares that I've picked so far, have done uh, well over the past couple of years, and I plan to hold them for twenty years or more. So yeah, I'm not in it for the yeah, I'm not in it for the short-term growth. Any
0: yeah. companies you believe in, I guess,
1: and companies that I believe in that will be here twenty years from now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no one knows the future, but there are some big companies that um, you would expect to still be around in in twenty years time, and and those are the ones that I invest in. So they're potentially they're a bit more volatile in the short term, but you you on the flip side you also see the growth there as well, and you can also get dividends out of them as well. So. Uh, that's what I mainly invest in at the moment. And it's about 20% shares, 80% into funds.
0: So the next question is, would you believe that financial independence is something that everybody can achieve? Or
1: I believe everyone can achieve financial in- independence. I'd like to think it is possible for most people, certainly within the UK, but I'm not sure everyone will because there are those that actively seek out the knowledge of of what you need to do um, and then there are those that don't and just live life uh, I guess day to day so but I, th- I believe it's accessible to everyone if we think that index investing is probably the most simple form of investing that's, that's very simple to get into um, you can get in, into it from as little as about £25 uh, per month to go into an index fund um, <clears throat> but of course you need a plan you need a plan of how you're going to get the financial independence. So this is where I am today, whether you've got debt or you haven't got debt, and then you want to get to financial independence, you want to un- need to understand what your expenses will be at that time, and then what sort of uh, investments you need, and also the income that they will produce to, to get you there. But yeah, I believe it's possible for everyone.
0: Great. And so what sort of advice would you give a newbie, somebody new to financial independence to get started? over and above what you've already said is there anything any other hints or tips you'd give them
1: so just to reiterate what I said there is of course you need a plan of of what you're going to do for me what works really well is a budget as well which helps me to track my my income as well as my spending to ensure that I spend less uh, than I make you you don't necessarily need to use a budget I think it's important but you don't necessarily need to use it but you need you need a way to to ensure that you have a plan and also to spend less than you, than you earn. And then you need to consider the investments as well, because you can save the money, you can put the money into a bank, but it's not going to generate much of a return. I think my savings account gives me 0.25% or or something like that. <laughs> I haven't checked it for a while. It, is, it isn't significant to, to worry about. Um, I only use it for short-term savings, but you need to, consider what you're going to invest in. Is it rental property? Is it it the stock market? Um, Some people are not so comfortable with investing in the stock market. Or is it a small business? Is there an idea that you've got that you've always wanted to do? And your small business could be the the key to getting you the financial independence. Um, But additional advice, I'd say seek out knowledge. Seek out people that are already where you want to be. So look for cases of best practice and um, read books as well on the topic and just expand your, your knowledge. That's what I would suggest.
0: Yeah, that's great. And would you have any different advice for NMDC at a more advanced level?
1: For a more advanced level, I guess they would also, they would have a basic level of, of understanding anyway. And I guess they'd have a plan of what they want to do. So the only other thing I would, Tell them is to suggest uh, I would suggest is to socialize with people in a similar space, so similar people who are interested in financial independence and almost use them as accountability partners because they will keep you on keep you on track
0: mm-hmm.
1: and also follow relevant bloggers as well such as yourself oh,
0: yeah. I think it's there is a great as well as online and real community there as well of lots of people that are on the same path to financial independence and looking to do the same thing.
1: Absolutely. It it provides motivation. It keeps you it keeps you going. When you see someone else that's doing the same as you, it will it will keep you going. Yeah.
0: Great time to ask. If you get make it to financial independence and you have all this free time, how would you think you'd fill this free time? What sort of hobbies and interests do you have?
1: My main hobby at the moment is my blog, <laughs> which I'm posting a new blog on every week. I also read non-fiction books as well. Oh, yeah.
0: what, sort of, what sort of type of non-fiction?
1: So, of course, I've, I've read most of the main personal finance titles,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I generally read like business books or autobiographies. So, to give you an idea, my current book that I'm reading is The $100 Startup, uh, the subtitle is Fire Your Boss, Do What You Love and Work Better to Live More.
0: <laughs> so I asked you to do a start-up then? Or? <laughs> um,
1: I'm 100 pages in and I'd say yes. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so that's quite a quite good book. And then I've also read, uh, prior to that I was reading an Elon Musk bio- autobiography uh, by Ashley Vance.
0: Uh, he's not getting very good press lately, is he?
1: <laughs> no, not at the moment not at the maybe moment we
0: give you a bit more of an
1: insight into him oh yeah very much so <laughs> very much so into the type of person that he is it was interesting actually it was interesting and then the other one was Warren Buffett uh, The Snowball Effect mm-hmm. as well that was a really interesting book very long almost 900 pages in total I tend to read a lot um, when I'm travelling because uh, I travel quite a bit for work but yeah that gives you an idea of the books that, that I read yeah yeah
0: so I
1: think you mentioned earlier, you like running as well. Yes, I, I do like running. I run three times a week and it's helped uh, with the weather being good over the past two or three months. Um, we've had some decent weather, but I do it to keep fit. I'm not out there to set any world records or or challenge Mo Farah, just, <laughs> just to keep fit. So I do two 5Ks d- during the week and then one 10K on the weekend. So I did a 10K this morning. Ah, yeah. Do that
0: schedule quite religiously?
1: It's flexible. I don't like to. So I want to do three runs a week, but how I do them may change. It may be on different days.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, depending on if I'm still in pain or not, if I still need to get rid of some lactic acid, but yeah, three times a week. Right.
0: It, and do you have the same sort of roots you do all the time, or do you have <laughs> varied rips?
1: Um, it's it's quite boring actually because I do the same route. I just <laughs> run around my local park in a big circle many times. Oh dear! <laughs> yeah. But it works for me. It uh, works for me.
0: I've got lots of different variations of routes. Like I've got yeah. a three mile, a four mile, a five mile. I've got ah, six and a half mile. Okay. A fifteen um, mile. But...
1: <laughs> I'm comfortable with this. I can just I just go around it more times if I want to increase the distance. <laughs> it keeps me safe <laughs> yeah i'll just go oh that's an additional however many laps but um it because i'm in a park um get nice fresh air keeps me yeah. safe away from cars and i just put my podcast on and i zone out from the, the running really and i just listen to a podcast mm-hmm. while i'm running so yeah
0: here's a question are you a fan of park run
1: park run um I don't actually do any form any runs, because I I don't think I'm good enough to be honest. <laughs> Park runs
0: for everyone. The average, ty- the average time is like thirty something minutes. Oh, okay. For
1: a 5k. For a 5k, okay. Lots of
0: people
1: walk it. Okay, yeah, that's not so bad then. Mm-hmm. It's not so bad. I, I I've got a work colleague who has asked me to um take part in some local runs. I will do at some point. I,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm I'm just um, going to build my fitness up a bit more. Before I do that.
0: Ah, I like it. it's interesting how You, lots of people go to park runs starting walking, and then there's lots of people that only want to go and be have their time measured when they're good.
1: Exactly. I'm quite competitive, That's so true. I I only I only want to do it if I know I'm going to set a good time, and and do well. I I don't I don't want to be one of the walkers.
0: <laughs> you don't want to be one of the people hanging towards the back, or.
1: Yeah. No. I want to be pushing towards the front.
0: <laughs> there's some very competitive people there, I tell you.
1: Yeah, I know. I know. That's what puts me off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Although I mean, the men are worse. Than, it seems there's lots of, like, sort of teenage boys that are obviously really good athletes. But the ladies yeah. seems to usually be won by women in their 50s, which impresses me.
1: Hmm, That is impressive.
0: They are very good. They are very quick. Though you're like, whoa.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, yeah. Any other hobbies or interests?
1: No, that, those three actually take up a lot of time. So in terms of reading books, I, f- I focus on my blog, I do my running, and then when I've got spare time, I read, read my books. Uh, in terms of hobbies that I like to do with my wife, we go to restaurants. Uh, maybe once a week we'll go to a restaurant, and then maybe once or twice a month we'll go to the cinema as well. So that's um, one way that we enjoy our time together. And it's, it's always nice to go to a restaurant because you don't have to do the washing up afterwards.
0: <laughs> it's a bit interesting to hear what your thoughts are. Lots of people find that frugality and looking after money sort of goes well with environmentalism, sustainability and interest in the environment. What's your position on the environment and sustainability? Is it something you're interested in, not particularly? Or?
1: I am interested in it. I am by no means uh, a eco warrior mm-hmm. but um i do think everything we should do we do should have should be sustainable <coughs> yeah, yeah. going forward i know we've still got a long way to go but for example i i recycle as much as possible always separate my recycling is is one way of doing my bit but there are there are obviously bigger bigger problems such as uh, pollution from cars mm-hmm diesel and petrol cars i, I would buy an electric car but the issue at the moment is range anxiety yeah. not being able to get enough range out of the car as the range increases i think at some point i'd switch to an electric car because the performance on them is pretty good and obviously they're they're quite cheap to run as well yeah. so from a frugality point you save quite a bit on fuel but yeah generally there's more that we can do as i guess as a nation and a, as a as a whole planet but yeah, I'm I'm definitely for environmentalism.
0: Cool. Yeah, I think I just sort of happen to generally be more in the frugal spectrum, which just so happens to be environmental as well. Other things like I stopped taking carrier bags when they still started charging you for them.
1: Yes. Yeah. I did that as well. Even to the point that I would carry stuff out in my hands. Uh if I haven't brought my bags for life in with me.
0: Uh. <laughs> I regularly see people, like they've got the train back from work and then just popped into the local Tesco Metro or the Little Sainsbury's, just taking their yeah. milk home in their hands now.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. just,
0: like, i just going home, I'll just carry it. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: good. And the number of um, plastic bags that we use has gone down by such a huge percentage. don't want to misquote it, but it's it's very high. I think it was around 80 or 90 percent. It's come down massively, which is good, which means it's not ending up in the oceans. But yeah, there's of course more we can do. I've heard the the five p charge is going to be going up to ten p quite soon yeah. as well. Yeah, so that will probably uh, put off more people from doing that. It is <laughs> embarrassing that we need to be taxed out of doing something. <laughs> <Isn't> <laughs> but it's it? not. It's, it's the way it normally works. <laughs> the government puts a tax on something and everyone stops doing it.
0: Isn't that? <laughs> <they sort> because of <laughs> <driver laughs> actions. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because yeah, I guess more people are trying to avoid tax than uh, than anything else. Yeah,
0: uh, it's interesting thinking about society and privilege and equality, and volunteering. What are your thoughts on this? With society today, do you think we're in equal place? What challenges or privilege do you think you've faced? Do you think everybody has an equal opportunity in the UK? Uh,
1: this is a very difficult one. I don't think everyone has an equal place. I think I'm um, in in that the in terms of reality. There is still a lot of inequality in many many ways. Uh, The challenge is how we overcome that and if we can ever get to a point where things are equal. I'm not sure that's quite achievable, but it'd be great if we can get, I guess, readdress the balance to bring people closer together. I certainly didn't have any privilege growing up. I grew up in a council house or... And a housing association house from a low income family. And also my family are from the Caribbean as well. Both sides of the family are from originate from Jamaica as well.
0: Oh, Windrush generation, I guess.
1: Exactly. Yeah. My grandparents came over in the fifties. So mm-hmm. yeah, so exactly around that that point in time. So certainly didn't have any privilege growing up. So there there are there are challenges, but there there are some things that People can do themselves and then there are some things that need to be done by um, outside forces I guess, by communities and the government for for Mm -hmm. example. Uh, What helped me was moving out of the area uh, and having a determination to continue with my education, go to college, go to university and just be conscious of bettering myself. Yeah,
0: I think Um, the stats are terrible aren't they when you look at them?
1: And the stats are-
0: the equality stats you not said that the, the a black man in London's more likely to be in jail than go to university
1: yeah that that sounds about right it's yeah random. very scary uh, and the area that i grew up in um at the time it was one of the reasons they started operation trident because there were a lot of shootings and stabbings going on and that was probably about 20 years ago mm-hmm. and it's crazy to see that's still going on now and hasn't really changed but I think for those areas in particular, what is required is education, better schools as well, because those parts of town don't tend to have the best schools or the best teachers. So you've got that challenge. Um, and then also job opportunities as well. Mm-hmm. Is if Even if you do get an education, if the op- job opportunity is not there, then, then people find other means to... to Provide themselves with sources of income.
0: Yeah, no, because I don't know. I was privileged growing up in a quite middle class family. Which was quite yeah. Comfortable, that mm-hmm. we had, I suppose, expectations built into us. Yeah. And the expectation was that you would do well, you would do this and that. And I think lots of people are just missing that and they don't have the role models and they don't see what the possibilities are.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I, I certainly didn't have that growing up. And it was the same for uh, my cousins of the same generation. And on both sides of the family, there may have been only one other cousin that went to university so in terms of role models there weren't really any role models that you could say oh this person went to university they got a good job they got married and and i guess got to middle class status Mm -hmm. and 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 to a point that's probably missing as well as those having those role models in in certain communities Yeah. yeah
0: it's a difficult one i agree we're not going to solve it immediately I think we're making progress in some ways, and maybe some are ways where we're just far too slow in progress.
1: Absolutely, mm. absolutely. But yeah, I guess again, that's one of the reasons why I started the blog as well was to to help others. And I and I hope this will obviously apply to those that seek it out. Those that don't seek out the information obviously won't be able to. To, to find what they need. But then I'd also like to be able to develop this further and I'm not quite sure how, is how to reach out to people and reach out to, I guess, those deprived communi- communities and, and help them see see that there is a there is another way. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, to so develop aspirations and...
1: Exactly. Yeah, and say that there is a life beyond where you're living right now and what you're doing and you can achieve more in life. But... You just need to go a different path and and seek it, seek out knowledge. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. moving on. was a rundown about your blog? I think you mentioned there who you think could get value out of your blog, who you'd like to read your blog.
1: So in terms of the people that I target, when I, when I write my blog, I, I target millennials or people that are, say my age, give or take 10 years, yeah. which is 22 to 42, I guess. And... What is reassuring is when I look at the Google Analytics data, not sure how accurate it is, but it gives me a rundown of who my audience are. And the biggest percentage, one third, is for 25 to 34-year-olds and 18 to 24-year-olds is 27%. And then... The next biggest is 35 to 44 year olds. It's 15%. Um, And they're exactly who I um, target with my blog. Um, The name of my blog suggests the three things that I think are the most important when it comes to money. So obviously you need to make money. You you also need to save money for short-term purchases um, and also save money in terms of when you're purchasing, looking for discounts, etc., and then invest in money as well. If you want to build wealth and grow, grow your net worth, you need to be investing. Those are the three things I wasn't, I didn't know when I was younger and when I was growing up. So I wanted it to be really clear and hence why I put it in the name of, of the blog. So hopefully that people understand that when they come across my blog and see the name. So for example, if someone's only making money and they're saving money, it, hopefully it clicks in their mind that they should be investing as well. So that's what my my Most of my posts tend to be based around, I've got posts on how to get out of debt and budgeting, ways, different ways that you can make money, a number of ways of how you can also uh, save money and then also how to invest and just sharing the experience that I've I've learnt um, and knowledge that I've picked up from reading personal finance blogs, looking at other bloggers and, and just absorbing information from people. And that's how I frame my posts
0: great so i have people I want to reach out to you what's the best way of people connecting with you is it through your blog or social media or something else
1: okay so yeah my blog is a, a good place to start if they want to see the latest posts they can also contact me on that page or uh, use my contact me page i also go on twitter quite a lot that's probably the bit of social media that i use more than most so um, they can find me at Make Save Invest. That's the Twitter handle. I'm also on Facebook as well as Make Save Invest Money. I've got a page there, and I've also got a group. If people want to join and ask me questions, got a bit of a community there. And then I'm also on Pinterest as well, and that's as uh, Make Save Invest.
0: Okay, so now let's ask you the final five questions and these are questions that i'm trying to ask everyone exactly the same questions just to get a bit more depth of insight okay okay The first question as if tomorrow you got a one million pound windfall it was all yours what would you do with it
1: if i got a one million pound windfall okay so my my response is going to be quite sensible but uh, oh. I, <laughs> I thought I, I thought about this one and I thought it'd be interesting to know what a 18-year-old me would respond to this one. <laughs> I don't think I'd still have it <laughs> at that age. Um, so to answer your question, I would give 10% of it away. So I'd put aside £100,000 for giving. Um, that would be to some friends and family, but then also to people that I don't know as well, uh, charitable giving. I'd also set aside ten percent for some spending. I'd like to enjoy it as well. Okay. So between my me and my wife we would make some uh we'd have some money to make some purchases, maybe go on a nice holiday as well. So that leaves eight hundred K and what I would do is divide that by two and put some into some index funds. Um so four hundred K in index funds. Yeah. I'd probably take a portion of that and top up my ISA allowance for this year and next year and then with the other the remaining amount I would pay off my existing mortgage and then I'd also buy a rental property oh, with, wow. ca- with cash with cash Oh wow <laughs> That's <laughs> so,
0: a good plan. So that- I like it <laughs>
1: so 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 just waiting for the one million windfall I know. And,
0: you
1: know, come here, I, i've got the plan just need the money now <laughs> Yeah,
0: and then yeah. Well, moving on to plans do you have a financial yeah. spreadsheet and if so when did you last update it
1: so i i have two spreadsheets and technically they're on they're on paper but one is a net worth a net worth update yeah. but i i only do that once a year Uh, other than monthly so I look at that once a year and that was the last time I looked at that was in January so the next time would be January 2019 Uh, and then each month I do a budget as well just to, to make a plan of what's coming in and what's going out for the month and then how much I have left to save and invest. Most months are quite routine so I tend to know what the numbers are which makes it much easier but I do that month to month. I am quite proficient with Excel but when I Put stuff into a spreadsheet it, it switches my wife off she's not so keen on Microsoft Excel so I find that using paper works and it's far quicker as well if I can just write stuff down or scribble something out so that's the way that's the way I do it
0: it's interesting yeah I think we get a right mix of people some people love paper some people love soft copies on the computer and some people have a mix of both don't they
1: yeah, they do. the The benefit for using a spreadsheet, using Excel, is you can put formulas in. So when you drop numbers in it, there's some auto calculations for you. Mm. But using paper is um, is fine for me. I I try to keep things quite simple anyway. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I know some people use apps as well. I haven't tried any apps. So i I've, I need to look into trying some apps. See if there'd be any better as well. How what's what's your process?
0: Um, I don't really budget, but I record all my spending. Oh,
1: okay. 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 it's it's kind of a kind of a budget, but yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> we think I find that people in the personal finance community are always keen to learn and learning things in loads of different areas. Would you be willing to share with us something you've learned recently in any sort of area, of life?
1: When I when I first saw this question, I initially thought of. I guess a fact that I'd learned, yeah. which I found quite interesting, yeah, sure. uh, about some historical data. It was from a, it was from an American blogger. But what he highlighted is, since 2000 to 2018, if you invested about two thousand dollars a month, okay. or or roughly sixteen hundred, one thousand six hundred pounds um, each month between 2000 and 2018. By now, you'd have a million pounds saved, which I found quite interesting.
0: Yeah.
1: Only in 18 years, you'd have a million pounds. Um, it, it was quite interesting. And that takes into account the downs of the dot-com bubble as well. So I think for the first couple of years, the market was down 23% and 20%. Uh-huh. And, then, um, and then it's obviously had its ups and downs, but it's averaged out enough that you would have only put about 400K in over that time and 600K would be growth which is wow. impressive. Yeah. And some people might listen to that and go, I haven't got £1,600 to put down, which is fair enough. But if you had £400, for example, you'd have a quarter of a million invested if you just stuck that in a, in an index fund. Um, so, yeah, I found that quite interesting.
0: Yeah, it's
1: good. Power of compound interest, isn't it? Power of compound interest,
0: yeah. Yeah. And similarly, I always find when I look back at things I've done in the past, that hindsight is amazing, that there's things I'd like to maybe do, don't we, now, with all the knowledge I've got today that I didn't have back in the days. Is there anything in particular you think hindsight would have helped you with, or something you'd have done, approached differently today than you did in the past?
1: Yes, so it's based around my story of... Um, getting myself into debt and getting it out, I probably wouldn't have got into it in the first place. So if I had known what I know now at the age of 18 and I actually wrote a post on it as well, (laughs) um, I wouldn't have got into debt. So I wouldn't have got a credit card and I probably wouldn't have taken out any student loans at all as well. I would have just cash flowed my way through it with what I was earning from the job that I was doing at the time. Um the the only debt that I'm really that I'm comfortable with is when purchasing a property because you have an asset that you can still sell. So if, if for whatever reason you cannot maintain those monthly payments, you can sell the asset and, and be out of debt. So yeah, I wouldn't have any consumer debt whatsoever. And that, that probably would have given me a better head start in life and I'd probably have more money to invest earlier. Yeah. yeah. But the thing you can't change the past, you can only change the future. So
0: yeah very true yeah. isn't it mhm yeah. another thing because financial independence i suppose is about arranging your life in the way that brings maximum value to you and ultimately looking to make your life happier could you describe when you're at your happiness and take us to your happy place
1: um, my happiest place is <laughs> is when i'm sitting on a sitting on a beach somewhere in the shade with a good book in my hand, a non-fiction book, personal finance book, just learning about something, taking in some knowledge, and relaxing at the same time.
0: Good. Is there a drink in your hand at the time, or?
1: Yeah, it's usually a, a, a ice-cold beverage to the side of me. Yeah. yeah.
0: Any particular beach? Or are you flexible?
1: <laughs> uh, I'm flexible. Anywhere that's warm. As long as it's 25 degrees, 25 to to 30 degrees, I'm fine. fine. Not not too fussy. Although although uh, Hawaii was like paradise, was, so Mau- yeah. Ma- Maui to be specific, yeah, it was like absolute paradise. So
0: you'd yeah. go back there?
1: Yeah, I would go back there.
0: <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today, Liam.
1: Okay, thank you for having me.
0: It's been great. Yeah, it's been lovely. Speak to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. Show notes are on the website www.ukfipod.space You can also send any questions through the website or email at hello at ukfipod.space Our intro and closing music is Julie Maxwell's Zia or Freedom. Thanks for listening. See you next time.